0: Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you and to worship you on the word. We ask that you lead and guide all that we do as we, we look at your word and let your Holy Spirit be our leader. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray for Loretta. Pray, huh? for,
1: pray for Loretta and pray for
2: Amber.
0: Yes, oh yes. Loretta and Amber's not
2: pray, pray for Sky and procedure.
0: So All right, Leviticus nineteen. Starting in verse one. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of of the children of Israel, and say unto them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall fear every man, his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths, I am the Lord your God. Turn you not unto idols, nor make to yourself molten gods, I am the Lord your God. For if you offer a sacrifice of peace offering unto the Lord, ye shall offer it at your own will. And it shall be eaten in that same day you offer it, and on the morning. And if it, any of it remain until the third day, you shall burn it with fire. And if it is eaten on the third day, all, at all on the third day, it is an abomination, and, and shall not be accepted. Therefore, everyone that eats it shall bear his iniquity, because he has profaned the hollow thing of the Lord. And the soul, and that soul, shall be cut off from all his people. All right. So we'll look at these first nine verses, the first eight verses. And it starts out, Speak unto the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So I guess the first thing, we got—we really got to think about whole, what does holy mean. We use the word holy a lot in church. Pure. But pure, that's one of the definitions of blessed. it. Blessed. Huh? Blessed. Not so much blessed, but if you are pure, you should be blessed. Like holy would almost be
1: like spotless.
0: Spotless, clean. Yeah, that yeah. would be set apart. One thing that I found about holy, and I love this: it's the inviolability of holiness is that it will not tolerate being treated as a common thing. Now, I don't know if that, if you kind of understood that, but something that is truly holy. If we're being holy, we won't tolerate participation in. Non-holy. non-holy or common things and so when you're walking with God and you're having that holiness come in because we're holy because God is holy and this goes back to the idea that God in us works out of us if you're walking in with God and you're and you're in a holy state and you're presented with a movie that is not righteous I mean literally not righteous because of all the stuff it presents or yeah. music that's not righteous or even somebody talking things that aren't righteous, you're, when you're walking in holiness, your your spirit stirs up and says, no, I'm not going to participate with this. I'm not going to do this.
1: So that is me, because before I would do a lot of things, but ever since now I have on them, I don't like any of that, like what you just said, like, I don't want to be around anybody like that. And if I had this movie, they started out, one of the things I was, I didn't like it, I just took it off i said i don't like that movie and before i would have watched it uh-huh. before i would have done a lot of things but i i i'm glad that i'm doing this way i yep. didn't i wasn't
0: thinking of holy no it's because that's god's working yeah. out of us and making us holy
2: yeah i feel convicted if i hear anybody use the lord's name in vain i call them on it now i never did that before, if yep. before. yeah and I said, or now people, my friends that do do it, they go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And they, they apologize to me when they accidentally use the Lord's name in vain.
1: Well, They yeah. apologize. So That's the I'm same teaching. way, like when anybody cusses, I said, does that make you feel better? <clears throat> does that make you feel like a man? That's
2: a good answer. That's a good well, answer. No, really,
1: you know, because I, I used to do it, but I, not sure what I tried not to, yeah. very, very, I really, you know, even when I injure myself, I don't say anything bad, I just, it's funny, I say, well, it could have been worse. Even yeah. when I broke my, it could have been worse. Every little thing could have been worse and it probably tired me hearing that, but well, it could have been worse.
0: Yeah. But, but it this could have is broken
1: all the way up, yeah.
0: This is that verse that really helps us to understand why are we to be holy? Because God, God is, is holy. holy. Yeah. And the, and the reason that is true is that he indwells us and then His holiness, his love, his righteousness excludes from us, and as Marcus said, and this has happened to me so many times. I've very rarely told people not to take the Lord's name in vain, especially when I was in work. But because I I didn't do it, and God's Spirit was so strong in the places that I was at, there'd be people apologizing to me for using God's name in vain, because the Holy Spirit convicted them of it, and so. This is, and I really stress this, it's not us trying to be holy, it's not us trying to be righteous, it's we, gets, we get so much yeah. in tune with God and He's so much part of who we are that He comes out of us and what He comes out of us is Him, holiness, righteousness, love, and you'll find that the more you walk with Him, the more loving you will be and the least, the less likely you are going to be to criticize people because He's the one coming out of us because he is love. He is holy. He is righteous.
1: I think that's what they mean. They say you change. I think that's what I have. That I I don't judge. Of course, I really never did before, but I really, for sure, don't judge anybody if they look homeless or stuff. I may even go and talk to them and say if they need any help. Yeah. And I've always really done that, but I'm really more focused on that now. Not on all of them. You know, Some of you can kind of.
0: Yeah, but it's all God working out of us. And this is why I say living the Christian life is the simplest thing there is to do, even though it's hard to do. Okay. If I try to do it, it's impossible and hard. But if I just let my flesh be crucified and let God live it through me, it's a simple thing to do. And this is what God's saying here. Be you holy because I'm holy. (laughs) And verse 3, you shall fear every man, his mother, and his father. Keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. And this fear is not your trembling in in, uh, fear of them. This is the awe and reverence of your parents. Respect. And this is something that all people should be doing is respecting their parents. Does that mean we have to obey everything they tell us to do when you're... When you're 50, 60 years old, or 40 years old, or even 20 years old? No, but you should listen to what they say and, and give them respect and say, you know, well, I hear what you say, especially if they're not saved. I'm hearing what you're saved, but, saying, but I'm going to serve God. Or, but you need to be respectful in it. The one thing that really gets me is the way kids nowadays are so disrespectful to their parents, and then they're disrespectful to all other authority figures and it's a scary world we live in because we're not sitting on so young. God. They're, and they're starting
1: st- younger, I think. Mean.
0: Well, when the kids know that the parents can't discipline them, it means that they'll have no respect for their parents. And it scares me when I see two and three year olds that are running their parents and controlling their parents and going, What are you going to do when this kid is actually big enough to make you do something? And it's, and it's a scary thing. Uh, if you train, one of the things I teach people, if you teach your kids when they're young to be disciplined and you spank them between the ages of, you know, three to five or six, you probably never will have to spank them again because they've learned respect and they will be obedient. And it's very important for us to be able to, that, to have that reverence of our, of our parents and then that becomes reverence of all authority. And it's very important and it says keep or guard my sabbaths for I am the Lord your God. And notice that it says sabbaths and it's not just talking here about Saturdays, it's talking about all the sabbaths that the Jews had and the Jews had multiple sabbaths every time their major feast the, the five major feasts that they had the five major feasts that they have were all sabbath days no matter what day of the week they fell on. They were a day of rest. And so we want to keep that. And, and the thing about this is God very clearly told the Jews that the Sabbath was a sign between them and him. Now, we need a day of rest. We need to make sure we rest. And, and I'm definitely going to show it by the end, by time I get a day off, I'm going to show that I haven't had any rest with this, with this long week. Uh, because my last day off was last Thursday. <laughs> And I won't have another one on until next Monday <laughs> with the BVS and everything running this week. But, you know, and I know that I need to rest and I'm taking my half days and resting as much as I can on my half days. And so, but we need rest. Anybody who's ever tried to operate seven days a week for any length of time knows how tired you can get. Uh, I've done that. I, I worked one time for, for four months, six, seven days a week and just about killed myself. Uh, when I finally had a day off, I didn't do anything on my day off. I just collapsed. And uh, so it's very important that we take time off. Then it says, turn not into idols, nor make of yourself any mold in gods, for I am the Lord your God. God is a jealous God. He does not put up with competition. He says, I am the only one you're going to worship. Matter of fact, he's the only God, so I mean it shouldn't be anybody else to worship. He has all the right to be jealous about this. But we as humans tend to want to come up with other gods. We we put other things before God. And while in our modern day we don't actually have physical yep. statues and idols usually, we all have at some point in our life these other things that we put before God. Whether it's money, which it is for a lot of people. I got to make as much money as I can because it's important for me to make money and and money is important we pay all our bills with money money is an important thing but if we are putting too much concentration on money and not enough on God we have a problem for a lot of people especially in America entertainment or television becomes their their God and they spend all their time watching television and then they'll tell you well I don't have time to read my Bible how many hours a week yesterday did you watch TV well just four or five
2: <laughs> I've heard uh, wealthy people say I want to be the richest guy in the graveyard or, or mm-hmm. have all the to- the guy with all the toys makes the rule or you know wins but it ends up dying yeah you end up working <laughs> yourself to death yeah and I well, like to say when you die you can't take
1: it with you so you can't take it with you so you're
2: working yourself to
0: but these are just things, I mean, here we're having a list of a lot of the rules that God's already given in Exodus and already given in this book, So it's, but he's just you a list of things. He says, if you offer a sacrifice of peace offering unto the Lord, you need, it shall be of your own will. Now, do you remember what the peace offering is? Which one's the peace offering?
2: Voluntary.
0: Volu- it's voluntary?
2: Everybody shares it.
0: And it's the one that you, it's, it's the one that's kind of like the picnic with God. You, right. God gets a part of it, the priest gets a part of it, and you get part of it. And depending on whether it was a vow of Thanksgiving for a vow or a free will, it depend on how long you had to eat it. If it was for a vow, you had one day that you could but eat it. That's
2: not one of the five Sabbath feasts. So no, no,
0: This is, no, this is just, a just a sacrifice. Or could it be
1: like, peace like it's a peace offering? Is yet you're making? with
0: all your friends or your not some more it's just a Thanksgiving it's just a Thanksgiving offering we gather with God
1: together,
0: yeah and it's a way to gather together because you've killed this animal and it you'll you if it's a by free will as it's talking about here it's just you wanted just to be you've got a free gift you have to eat it within two days so you could use it for two days and have basically a great big party and have all your friends come over and whatever else
2: Nowadays, I've Native American days it was peace offering meant you're gonna have a peace offering so you don't fight. Well yeah, but that's a different
0: yeah, this is a different thing altogether. This is basically Thanksgiving this is peace with God between
2: with God, with God and yeah. people, not between enemies.
0: Yep. And it, it, and that offering had to be eaten within two days and on the third day it had to be totally burnt. And if anybody ate any of it on the on the third day it was a sin, it was an iniquity and it was wasted all the wasted all the time that you had with god and so and it would profane it, it would be profaned and that person would be cut off okay god had some very strict rules for so the thought, jews
1: because i read a lot of that i thought it was kind of weird i mean different how you can only eat it like either in the morning or you can i like can say eat it for two days the third day burn it like that's food that they could eat for the next day you know but
0: but it was a gift for God and it couldn't yeah. be it couldn't be something besides the fact that there was no refrigeration so your meat probably oh, wouldn't yeah, have been good after three days it. anyway so God was actually protecting his people from sicknesses so that? Uh, but this whole idea of being cut off God had for righteous people he wanted them to live righteously or be cut off and Even today he wants us to to be righteous, but the righteousness comes from him. And, you know, we usually will cut ourselves off when we're not doing righteous. And I've watched it over time when people, when Christians want to sin and want to misbehave, you usually watch them start sliding out of the church. They'll come from being there all the time or being on the front row to slowly working their way to missing a lot and then You go get to a place where you wonder where they're at because you haven't seen them for a while. And it usually is, they basically cut themselves off. They go, I don't want to live righteously. I'm not not living, or I'm not living righteously. And I don't want to be with those other Christians because I feel condemned or convicted when I'm with them. And the sad thing is that's the very time that we should be drawing close to other Christians to try to get help to get back with God. And we walk away from God at the very time when we should be drawing close to him because we're being convicted. And we say, well, I just don't feel good being around those people, so I'm just not going to be there. And yet, if we stayed around them and we felt the love, then we could be able to repent and, and get back. And so we want to be careful about that because it happens. I've seen it happen so often. And just something you want to do, if you notice somebody's been gone for a while, give them a call. I'd I don't say, you, say they've been
2: missed. That point. If, if you want to be faithful, or I still want to be faithful, but I need a vacation. I mentioned that to this a few times. I need a break from coming to church so often. Is that okay with, with the church or God to take a break? But but if you don't come back, of course, that's bad news. But if, if you take like you're taking a, you're going to have a little uh, sabbatical. What call it? A break. You know. Is that it's, okay?
0: It's between you and God.
2: Just takes. but you tell, I want to tell you. I'm going to take such such. We're going to be all gone for a week. I'm going to take a vacation.
0: I would not because even when I go on vacation, I will go to church.
2: I'll Also go to church, but I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just a break sometimes. You like you went camping. Does that
0: feel good? Yeah. There are to be away. To be away once in a while is is not wrong.
2: It's okay with. Don't, uh, don't make a permanent vacation.
0: The problem is that a lot of people when they do that they end up permanent vacation on a longer vacation from god right um i never feel that i need to be away from god and his people i may feel that i need time away from work and you know there may be a time when i say okay i just need a day you know a weekend off because i just need a day off you know a week off of not teaching but even if i do that i'm going to find a church you know especially if i go someplace or anything sure Everywhere I go, no matter whether I went on business trips or on vacation or anything, I will be in church Sunday morning and probably Sunday night and Wednesday night. You know, The only difference is when I'm on vacation, I'm not the one teaching, teaching or leading. I'm the one listening to somebody else. Uh, but it's really between you and God. I just, I personally have never needed a break from...
2: I still went from sure, Yeah, I still went to church in a different town. But it, well, yeah. well, it's
1: like me. I needed a break from chloride. It was two years ago. I've been here since '83, 80, and I haven't really been. But sure, I go to my property. So for a month, my sister and her husband, we all we drove back to Minnesota and Wisconsin because I was born in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember it when I wanted to see yeah. my relatives. It was neat because I would never not have done it by myself. And since my sister was driving, I was back seat just taking pictures. And yeah. that kind of stuff, like, I do want to go again, but I don't know when, but never by myself. I just don't like, you know, yeah. I need to just, just see my relatives before they all pass away. And there is
0: nothing wrong with taking a break. There's nothing wrong with taking a I vacation. I think you said wrong.
1: I'm not saying a break from God. I'm just saying yeah. a break. Get out of my shop. I'm open. to
2: well, then well, you'd like have six, a peace seven. offering with God, you know, that would be
0: a peace Well, thing. but to be away from your normal routine is one thing, you know, as long as you continue yeah. to keep God in the middle of it, uh, if you've got to, you know, you got to keep reading your Bible, you, you should be doing this, you should be going to church, Amy, go, when she goes to San Diego, goes to the Lutheran, the Lutheran yeah. church right. down there. Are, and uh, and I give.
1: I keep a Bible at my mom's house so I don't miss the daily reading. Yeah. I always bring, whenever so, I go, I always bring my Bible, my daily bread. And well, the I, only thing yeah. I miss is my yeah. computer because I don't read the. Don't
2: make it a permanent vacation is what I'm saying. You just, yeah. But once you, it's easy to do. Once you stop going, it's like easy. Partner. But
0: that's why, that's why I say <laughs> when you're when you're away, you should go someplace to some, even if it's some so other I church. Read so read well, it's. in
2: Florida, Florida. I went to the right? yeah. Bible Third studies second, in Florida. Right. July, I yeah. yeah. I was, I was Okay, so, just, keep faithful. Faith. just stay faithful because God is the
0: one you want to be faithful to.
2: Yeah, God knows that. Because
0: you don't, you shouldn't be in a place where you need a, a vacation from God. No. That, well, that's not a good place no, to no, be. I had to
2: see my son in Florida, so I was gone. I went to his yeah. service and I went to his Bible studies and that. Yeah. So I did get involved with that. I can't put that involved, but I watched.
0: All right, verse 9. Thank you for that. And when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, neither shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, and you shall not glean your vineyard, neither shall you gather every grape in the vineyard, you shall leave them for the poor and the strangers. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie to one another. And when and you shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord you shall not defraud your neighbor, neither rob him the wages of him that is hired shall not be abide with you until all night until the morning. You shall not curse the deaf nor put a stumbling block before the blind, you shall but shall fear the Lord your God. And we're going to stop there at fourteen for a moment. So verse nine. When you reap your harvest of your land you shall not reap it wholly to the corners of or glean the field and the same thing with the vines of the of the grapes. And this was God's way of providing for the poor. And God's way of providing for the poor was that they went out and they had to do a bit little bit of work. Okay? They may not have been wealthy enough to have a field and plant a field, but they were to go out and earn something. Okay, they had to work.
1: That reminds me of when I read through Ruth Holly. Ruth, they told her that she could gather all of those. This was the,
0: this was the, these were the verses that that Boaz and them were following. Of course, Boaz said that she could let her work right amongst the 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 harvesters. Uh, So he went a little, he went a little beyond this uh, this rule. They said, do not go back, let her pick up all of
1: them.
0: But God's way of caring for the poor was to say, okay, we're going to provide for you, okay, but you are going to go get off your butt. (laughs) walk to the field and go harvest what you need for your family. Not from, robbing. Uh, And this is very critical because the way our government helps the poor is, give sit I on know. your butt, here's your check.
1: Buy whatever you want.
0: And it increases laziness and it rewards laziness. The poor here had a way to be fed, okay? Now they had a choice. They could sit on their butt <laughs> and starve Or they could go out and glean in the fields and have food. And if they gleaned enough, they they could even get enough, possibly, to sell a little bit and buy other things that they needed if they would get out there and work. The key to this is, and this is true for us, we want to see the poor be helped, but not helped to be lazy, but helped to be somewhat industrious.
1: Well, give a man fish, he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, he feeds himself for lunch.
0: And that's, the, that's basically the kind of thing, it's not quite that fully in here, but, but it is the opportunity that the, the wealthy was able to provide for the poor by not taking the corners of the fields and giving them a place where they could have a decent harvest, plus they could walk behind the, you know, if they dropped the grain, they weren't to pick it up. It, the people, that was for the poor to do. So this is God's way of providing. He cares for the poor, but they were to go out and do, do something for it. And this is very important. When I ran the benevolence ministry in the past, the hardest decision we ever had to make was, was giving this person money helping them or enabling them to just be lazy. And usually we would try to find out, well, okay, you didn't pay this bill this month. How are you gonna pay it next month? Okay, and if they say, well, we, we didn't do it just because we had a doctor's bill that came in, uh, okay, we probably would help them. If they came back and said, well, we're gonna, you know, this month we're here, but next month we're going to go to the Salvation Army, then we're gonna go to, yep. to, to Praise Chapel, and uh, I don't think so, that's not, you know, that wasn't the type of person who it was helped for, that was somebody that was being enabled to do, do a bad lifestyle. And this is important for us, god expects us to get up and do things he he doesn't expect us just to sit back and say okay god hand me hand me my life you know i need money hand me my life you know
2: yeah, don't he's, go rob somebody give he, them your money or your
0: life he's he's just going to say no that's not going to happen can he provide that way does he provide that way sometimes uh, great example of a, of a great provision uh, dallas seminary when it very first started opening up <coughs> They were having trouble financially, and the, all the, all the big-name guys, there, the professors, were in a meeting, and go on, they're praying, and one of the guys goes, God, you own, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Could you sell a few cattle and, and give us the money? And they get a knock on the door of the secretary, and they go, well, we're busy praying. Come back later. And she goes, no, this guy says he has to talk to you guys now. And they said, "Show show in." and then he turned out to be a cattle, cattle rancher who had sold his cattle and decided to give the money to them. Okay, God can provide and he does miraculously, but he doesn't want us just to sit back and do nothing. And in the case of the, of the school, these guys had been busy. They were trying to teach these guys and everything, so they were working hard. They just weren't making the money they needed to, to get by. Then God will provide on that case. God is providing for the poor. And then it says, you shall not steal... Neither should you deal falsely, neither lie to one another, and these are just going back to the Ten Commandments. Don't steal. Doesn't matter whether you think you have a reason to steal or somebody has too much. Isn't that what normally people go? Well, they'll never miss it. They've got, they've got lots of stuff. They won't miss it if, they, if we steal from them. Businesses, you know, they won't miss this box of staples, this ream of paper, this, this, this uh, what, you know, all these pens and pencils. Uh, they're, they're rich. It's still stealing. And to not lie, to deal falsely. We as humans end up dealing falsely with a lot of people frequently. And this is something we want to be careful of. And don't lie. And remember many, many weeks ago we talked about God's definition of lying is so much more than ours. If you omit truth, God says you're lying. And we want to be careful of that. We want to be careful of not being dishonest. And then he says, You shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shall you profane the name of the Lord. And this swearing was in the Hebrews' things. They go, by the name of God of the temple in Jerusalem, I promise. And he goes, if you make that, if you, if you swear something by his name, you better keep it. Okay, we, we have this, I swear to God, you know, as our, as our, you know, as our thing. In the New Testament, it says, let your yea be yea and your nay be yay, nay, you know, speak the truth. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you're not going to do it, say no. You know, one thing a lot of people need to learn is how to say no. I've met so many people who don't know how to say no. No means maybe. <laughs> I thought
2: you used to have that attitude. No
0: but they'll... And it bothers me when somebody says, "Yes, I'm going to do something," and then they don't don't follow through with it. I'd rather have them just tell me no. no. Uh, I'd rather uh. have them just tell me no. Or worse yet, and this is another the other side of this, is you tell you say yes so often that you're over overextending yourself, and you can't, and you find it hard to keep your everything, even though you're trying to, but you don't do anything fully because you're overloaded because you don't know the word no.
1: Especially when it comes to family, I use. I would never say no. Now, yeah. I learned the word no, because I, no, I would always say yes. Lindsay Hillier taught me how to say no. Uh, if she wasn't going to do something, she thought I'd say no.
0: Yeah, and that's great. That's a good thing, way to be. And in churches, a lot of Christians don't know how to say no to things that, that need to be done in the church.
1: And then I'd grumble and be all mad and irritated because I got myself committed to something. And she'd say, you've got to learn just when You hear what somebody asks you, simply say no. It was so easy for her to
0: say no. And that's a that good was, thing. See, it
1: was hard for me, and now I will say no. Well, especially when it comes to family members. They want me to do something, and I'll say, okay, I'll do it. You know, then I go, 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 go. I didn't know. What? I said, no. What part you don't understand, In or O?
2: <laughs> but
0: I learned it the hard way myself, you know, in the early days of the church, saying yes to everything that needed to be done and being burnt out and not being able to do not being able to get everything done, and just like you, maybe not grumbling, but being very irritated yes. that I yes. have so much to do and and being burnt out. Thank so you. it's very important that we learn the word no. I mean, and that I mean, doesn't mean to say no all the time either. You don't I mean, want to go so far you go no, the opposite way. Yeah, and it's not just
1: saying no. Sometimes no, I think it could be a good thing, but no, I just don't want to do it still. Yeah. Even if it's good, my sister says, nobody would ever say no, because she wanted me to go on this cruise, she would pay for it. I said, no, I don't want to go on it. Yeah. She said, nobody says no. I said, well, I just did.
0: <laughs> but it's very important for us to be able to learn because there's always things that need to be done, especially like in a church, there's always things that have to be done. And if you try to do everything in a church, you'll go crazy. So we don't want to say, yes, we're going to do something and not do it, and that's, or, and this one, to not profane the name of the Lord, make it light, make it empty, and that is is literally using God's name in vain. You now, when it says you shall not use the Lord your God's name in vain, it doesn't mean just cursing.
1: Yeah.
0: It means using it lightly. Uh, one of the things I hate in this day and age is the OMG. Oh my God. Yep. Because it's said by all teenagers, it's said on, on text messages all the time, and nobody is really invoking God's name, They and they're not really cursing, but they're using his name irreverently, irrele- irrever- rever- rever- and so lightly they're making his name useless. She weird. I didn't know
1: what that was because, see, I don't have any kids, I don't have people. I said, what's OMT? And he said, do not you know what that? I said, no, I don't know any of that happening. I don't know the
0: but it's just one of those things that's very yeah. light. Yeah. yeah it's, just, it's not respecting God's name.
1: Then there's WTF.
0: W. What the. Oh, yeah. That's
1: a big one right now. Yes. Yeah.
0: But there's all these things out there that we want to be careful. Are we, when we're using God's name, are we really using it to worship him or to invoke his, his power? And even when we pray, we need to be careful because we could be using his name lightly as we praying if we're really not thinking about our prayers or, or really praying to him. Sometimes people pray just because they're expected to pray, and you know, a lot of times that'll happen when it's time to say grace before a meal, you know, and, and there's just really this quick prayer that nobody's thinking about. Grace. And uh, so we want to be careful how See, we use why his think name. I when
1: you said about earlier about holy holiness holiness to me is you don't use any of that of course language. to me because now like sure when I was growing up yeah I did use that language when I was you know living down but now like God, god really had patience with me I had the worst potty belt well. <laughs> mine wasn't really bad but it was I would say you know when you leave it down the beach you just go with the flow you know
0: but but I'm getting more and more that the more the god is changing who i am the more i am sensitive you. to these things yeah. uh, i've got a friend who was telling me that he was going through his 400 three or 400 dvds and everyone that used god's name in vain he was thrown away which meant that his collection of three or four hundred dropped to about 30 <laughs> and i've thought about that ever since he's told me that and I, most of my movies are good movies but there's still a lot of them that use god's name in vain and i'm starting to get more sensitive to that when i see some of these movies and i probably will follow suit with him sometime very soon and not that i have three or four hundred movies but uh, there will be a lot of my movies that i We'll discard. Well,
2: those are PG. They can slip that in there. See, on PG. You'd be
0: surprised how many G movies have G? God's well, name in vain.
2: And his wife won't allow R rated at all. So they've narrowed it down. No yeah. R rated movies. But It's got. not just that. It's not See.
1: just using God in vain. Like, I don't like any movies with any kind of homosexual anything. Yeah. And to me, that is. And now you can't hardly find one without. So I don't buy any of them.
0: And this is why, as you get more with God, you're going to find that you probably watch less movies, you watch less TV, you listen to a lot to less watch TV less anyway. regular, what they call secular radio, uh, just because you start getting sensitive to all the negative what is, Sonia, reports. I, on all of my radio, 24-7 on um, Christian
1: music and then, um, I have just the antenna for my, because I, I don't need any of the other junk, because I don't watch TV that much anyway. Mm-hmm. What's that for? He said, you have that. I said, that's for the birds. You know, they need a nest to sit on. I don't need to
0: watch that. Verse 13, you shall not defraud your neighbor, neither rob him the wages of him that is hired shall not abide with you all night until evening. And this is kind of interesting. You shall not defraud. That's a strong word. And that's to cheat, to, to withhold, to... Take things from them. Defraud's a very strong, strong word. It, It's oppress, be deceitful, extort, extort from them. Very strong word. And it says, neither will you rob him. And then it says, the wages of him that is hired shall not abide with you all night until the morning. Now, this doesn't really apply to us as much as it did to them. In their day, you worked the day and you got paid that night. And when you got done working, you went to the market, you bought your food, and had your dinner. And it, this verse is saying you are not to withhold their income. Because a lot of the really cruel bosses would say, okay, I'll give you your money in the morning when it was time to go back to work again.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. You
2: get drunk and they
0: forget it. Well, no, it wasn't even that. It was literally cheating, cheating oh. them. It was to keep them... You know, keep your workforce with you instead of allowing them to go home. So while you kept the work, the guy that was working at your at your place waiting for his Uh pay, his family was starving.
2: I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Time clock. So,
0: (laughs) but God is saying you were to give them their wages on time, and this is something we do in our in our in our work work way. We do it weekly or bi-weekly usually. You know, or monthly. Eh, sometimes monthly, that's very rare, but it salary. happens. Salary. Salary gets paid monthly. Yeah. I get salary. Get but, uh, but, but the idea is you get your paycheck on the time you're supposed to get your paycheck. Right. And most businesses are very good about giving you your paycheck when it's supposed to be. Well, uh,
2: they hold back a week when you're a new hire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do that.
0: Actually, no. I, like I hear that all the time, but I have never worked for any place that holds back your check. They pay you people think they're being cheated because of the way the pay schedules work. Because out they didn't work
2: the two weeks. Because they didn't yeah.
0: work the full two weeks, so they got one week yeah. and and then and and they think well, you know, so the, the holding back mentality that people have, and I've heard it all my life.
1: I only thought it was that week.
0: and it's I've never seen a company do it because right. it's against the law.
2: you
0: get the check, you get the money that you're do right away. Right. And
2: you're uh,
0: you just think that you're getting your getting an extra check.
2: You turn in your uniform, it was $300. It took out so much a week. So 150 the company pays, we pay 150. You get that check if you turn in all your uniform.
0: Yeah. So but those are those are all little things that are out there that you're saying got to say to be basically be honest. Be honest with people is what it breaks down to. And then he says, don't curse a deaf man, (laughs) which makes perfect sense. You know, you kind of a waste of time anyway because I can't hear you. Uh, The worst one was don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind. I mean, why anybody might even think that's funny, I don't know. But God is being very, very practical here. He's saying, don't curse the deaf. They can't hear you anyway. Don't, Don't make the blind person stumble because
1: you know, it's just amazing that he has all this in here when you wouldn't think they would be thinking of that back when they wrote it it's almost like this is written just now because of how it sounds but the, I think that is so neat
0: but it's when Solomon yes. said in Ecclesiastes there's nothing new under the Sun everything is happening today
1: yes. happened before,
0: before. has happened and, and does happen and and, well. and may even have been worse in the past so we keep we always think that there's something new today and there's nothing new. There's literally nothing new. And when we read the old testament, we say we see these warnings of God and we're going, Wow, they were doing it four thousand years ago, they were doing this. I don't think
1: it, God they did it, God, it still. I didn't think they would even do any of that kind of stuff.
0: But you you think about this. God says that he will return when the earth is like the days of Noah. And we don't think of it being all that bad, but Noah's days were worse than where we're at now, otherwise God would have returned already. It's getting to the point. But we're getting bad. Yeah. This is why we know we're getting close, because yeah. we know we can't really go too much worse without bloodshed happening all the time.
1: I mean, cause and we're getting wars, close to that. There's so many wars and everybody's fighting in all these countries. And
0: well, when I did, that, when I did wars, this section...
1: And almost like no wedding. And
0: yeah. I did this section on, on on Mark, and we talked about wars and rumors of wars, and I looked it up, and there's over 400 active wars right now going on in this world.
2: Uh, we had uh, protecting at a... ...protecting and a green building, green cars. I forget the guy's name, but we have neighborhoods of nuclear superiority. That guy's got an atomic bomb in his back. First, they're throwing a barbecue at each other. They're throwing the picnic tables at each other, and the next thing you know, the guy's got a... Nuclear
0: bomb in his backyard, ready to blow his neighbor
2: up. Good comedy. But uh, 15 is, no, let's
0: see, not 15. We haven't uh, got there yet. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, I'm sure we'll answer your question when we get there. Let's see. Uh, verse 15, we're, we're just going to get ready to read. Right. You shall do no unjust, unrighteousness in judgment. You shall not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go up and down as a talebearer among people. Neither shall you stand against the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord your I am your Lord. You shall not hate the brother in your heart. You shall not you shall in any wise rebuke your neighbor, and not suffer sin upon him. You shall not avenge nor or bear any grudge against the children of your people. You, sh- you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So we're going to stop there for a moment. Eighteen. Verse fifteen. You shall not do unrighteousness in judgment. You shall not respect the person of the of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. And this is really to say, you're not to give. Any credence because they're poor, and you're not to give any credence because they're rich, rich and strong. You're to give the right decision, and oh. we see both. We see both sides. We we mostly comp- we usually will complain that the wealthy and the and the powerful get get justice, and that's almost always going to be the case because they've got money. Yeah. but there are people that will will bend over backwards to help the poor and give them extra leeway because they're poor, and God says don't do it either direction
2: yeah that's the question I had it says you will not respect the poor the person of the poor
0: because there are people to say because you're poor that means obviously you're being abused so therefore to I'm gonna give you extra weight to whatever you say as opposed to the rich Oh,
2: and don't honor okay
0: so you're not honoring the rich because they're rich but you're not giving the poor the benefit of the doubt because they're poor you know, here's, here, here, you know, you're not saying, well, oh, because you're poor, you're obviously being picked on, so I'm going to, you know, unless they make a really good case against you, I'm going to judge, your, judge for the poor. Oh, it want, it, God is saying it must be a just decision. It must be a righteous decision based only on the truth. And that's hard. We as humans have a hard time doing that. Because many of us like to root for the underdog, you know, whoever, the, whoever the weaker one is will root for the underdog to win. And we want to see them get the blessing of, of being, because, of, because they're the underdog. They're struggling against the, the David and Goliath. He's struggling against the, the, the giant. And God says, no, it's to be based upon right and truth, not, not, not anything else. He says, you shall not go up and down as a talebearer And that's a slanderer or a bearing of tails among people. You shall not stand against the blood of your, of the, your neighbor. I am the Lord, your God. And that is to tarry, watching them be abused. Okay. So this is two extremes. Again, you're not to go around bearing tails. And we've talked about, you know, and this is gossip and slander. And we've talked about how Christians are usually very good at gossiping and gossiping and slandering. They they just disguise it as prayer requests as they give you yeah. every bit of de- detail that you don't need to know to pray for somebody, or to build a story. They give you every detail that you don't need to know about the story, you know, to, to make the story, interesting. you know, usually slanted your direction. Not even interesting, but just slanted your direction so that you look good or, or, or the other person looks really bad. Uh, and so we want to be careful with that. We want to be careful. And he says, you will not tarry or stand against the blood of your neighbor. You're, you're, you're not going to watch your neighbor be abused. Uh, if you're not strong enough, you at least call the police to help your neighbor in our day and age. Back in that, you, you would help them because there weren't, there weren't any police. Uh, and you needed your neighbors to help defend you. But he's saying, because I am God. God is not going to bear to it bear tales against us he is not going to allow us to be abused and this is very important this this idea of not bearing tales is something we all need to learn how to do because it is so easy for us to try to make others look bad if you want to bear tales make sure they're good tales about people not bad things you know tell tell the good things they're doing the most important thing you can ever do is be known as somebody who's always going to say something good about people that way you never have to worry about what they're saying behind your back That's because. That's my
1: worst sins is I love the gospel. I'm getting better. Good. Well, I'm. What I always try to say, and sometimes I eat my word, is if I can't say anything, if I can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And so they asked me, I said, well, then I would say that to them. And they said, okay. Uh, and then sometimes I blurt it out, but I try to say that. Oh,
2: I I our flesh wants to come up with the most evil, hurtful thing well, you I can think of, and, and you know, I'll but put it on Sometimes it's reason. not
1: gossip. I may mean, say something weird. I regret it, but regret I. It. I wish it's I would have our
2: flesh, said it. you know. Did you ever get that Yes. Yeah. Yeah. here yeah. we call push, it.
1: hurtful.
0: And, and the key to this is, is and, and it is like as Mark was saying, he's saying, we, we you know, our flesh wants to do, say bad things about people. It wants to make people look bad. It wants to make us look good. Especially uh, if
1: they are bad. And they hear,
0: but see, that's the area where we have to be well, I mean, most careful of is if it's true, we still don't need to spread true. it around. I
2: know, I know. And that's where it comes to rebuke. Yeah. You have to rebuke a person that does that.
0: And you're right. And if it, even if it's a true statement, we don't need to be spreading it, it around because. Said, yeah, you true. did a couple of weeks ago. You well, did a yeah. couple of weeks ago. But even if it's a true statement, we don't need to spread it around because the truth will be no, will be known. Well
1: I figure they will know if i let them know.
0: <laughs> if they, if, they, mean, if a know. person is an obnoxious person, a person's a yeah. cheat, a person's gonna take advantage of people. Yeah. You know, I may say you don't want to do business with that person or you don't want to be around that person, but I'm not gonna go and tell them everything they need and they so don't need to know because
1: the truth will come you. out. Every night I would I pray. But God, please forgive me. Anything that I said that I know was not right in your, that came out of my mouth.
0: Because yeah. we went to Philippians 4, whatsoever yeah. things are pure, whatsoever yeah. things are of good report, you know, and the, all see, those things on but there. there.
1: There I go again, holiness. I didn't. I never really would think of this. Now I yes. really do. Like, God, I wish he would have put a rock in my mouth. And it's like with the drug people in this town. I, know. I have no problem saying, well, that person just turned out. or right. I'm an adult today. Yeah that's
0: gossip and it really is and it shouldn't yeah. be done either and it's
1: when you are him flying around yeah I
0: mean but you're right the more the more we get in God and the funny thing is the more we get into God's word the more convicted we're going to get about the things we're saying and doing because all of a sudden we're going to go oh I'm doing that <laughs> uh, I never I never knew that that was wrong well you know? Know? you know
1: what is terrible is when I've done something and then when I'm reading the scripture whatever, I'm reading, it's exactly pointing to me on.
2: I know you're, you're, you're So, rebuke and reprove. Pr- yeah, I've I been reproved it. in public and I didn't like it and I quit going to that church. But I was being reproved in public and I thought that was really embarrassing. The lady shouldn't have done it in detail of, of smoking pot on a way to an outing. But anyway, it was something that she should have brought me aside and talked to me about.
0: And that's the way reproof should always be. It should always be on the side and. If somebody is not going to respond to on the side, then you know, if it's really bad enough and has to be reproved, then you'd go with the second person.
2: But she got a kick out of it. The so well, there's lots of I people that do that. There's lots of
0: people that do that.
2: And that's called approval or rebuking?
0: Well, oh, what she did was, but it wasn't the right way of doing it. I mean, if i'm going to rebuke somebody i'm not going to do it in front of all the people i'm going to say hey you know you really shouldn't be talking that way or doing that.
2: Kick so, doing that she uh, was of people doing that they like to do that and not to,
0: out of it. but it is something that people i mean it's part of the flesh i mean it's what
1: that's when they said your tongue is a sword the,
0: The tongue is a tough, tough area, and it's, and James says, those who can tame their tongue are are a perfect person, and really, if you can tame your speech completely, most of your problems in your life will probably be dealt with, because usually when we're going to get in trouble, it's something we say, whether it's true or not, how we say it, Uh, it's worse when it's not true, but it's... But a lot of times it is true and it's still not worth saying. And you know, sometimes it's just better to just relax and let God See, be the that's defense. My and, problem is I
1: won't say anything, I won't say 100% that's not true, but I usually have to say when it's true and I want them to know. And well, it's I one thing to
0: say it to them, it's one thing to say it to them, but it's another thing to say it to somebody else. That gets into well, tail bearing. So if
1: it's so bad, if you say it to them.
0: You can say you can say anything but you want true. to the person. That
1: is
2: true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you're going to talk to somebody, you need to talk directly I want to, say, to I want
2: them. I come to the yeah, horses, Not yeah. at a denny's yeah. or at a, yeah. at a group meeting.
0: It it needs to be directly to them, and this and is why. I'm
1: learning to be a little more easier at not just like okay. <laughs> and
0: and this is what I've said. There have been times when I've heard a pastor say something, and I'm going to go. I've, I will go to that pastor alone and I usually started out, pastor, this is what I think I heard you say. And then tell him what I thought I heard him, heard him say and see if it was what they said, or usually it was, I don't think I said that. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's what I thought I heard. Uh, or always
1: Maybe I heard it wrong.
0: Yeah. And that, and, and I always go up to, I will usually go to somebody of that, of that feeling that I heard it wrong because it's usually the case unless I have it on tape, and then it's a different story altogether. Uh, but I'm still not, I'm still going to go very gently to somebody like that. And not—and and my goal is never to crush somebody because of what they've done. Or the, even when it's a rebuke, or, or, or I feel that they need to help somebody grow in something, I hope that each time I correct somebody, they feel that it was in love and gentle. And I've done it to different people in the church, saying you can't speak that way, or you shouldn't do this, or... You know, why? Because it's in the scripture. Not because I'm trying to run their life, but I want them to be righteous people that are not making decisions. Or better yet, the best way is to just get them in the Word of God and have God convict them and live out in them. And that is one of the reasons I'm so much into getting people into God's Word. Let's get into God's Word. Let's learn the way we're supposed to live. And it's not me telling you, it's God telling you.
2: How to correct someone.
0: And, and go forward from step it. up on you, your
2: toes. Um, Don't want to step on their toes. You still, oh, sometimes you need yeah, to step on you're toes. By maybe you can, with, your, with somebody. Yeah. yeah.
1: You me too, because that's why when I was married or anything, I really never focused on God that much. I believed him, I knew him, but I think that I would tell people, I, I, I would tell them things, that I said, well, I think God wants me to be alone. Because I mean, not in the, I, mean, that, I know God wants me to live alone. Yeah, because I could focus on him now before I had too many things and I would push them aside, you know, I would, whenever. But, you know, I live alone for a reason. Guys, so that's what i do, 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 do No. Whatever.
0: Well, Paul, Paul said that if do. you, if you, it is good to live alone because you can serve God better. I do. Uh, because once you're married, your, your devotion is split. It's split between God and your spouse. And it has to be. Because your spouse deserves attention and time and effort. And it's easy when you're single. If God says, get up and move someplace, you just get up and move someplace and do it. But if you're married, you have to consider, you know, got to get your spouse on the same page, and then you get ready to do well, I mean, do it.
1: Cause I, had, I was married for 13 years, and I had a boyfriend for a long time, Maybe he died. Then I had a boyfriend that turned weird on me. I think I think God wants me to be by myself. I like it. And I am so much more content. I am so I am really much more mm-hmm. content. And I'm, I'm so much calmer and less time. Yeah. yeah. well there's
0: nobody to run, try to run with you well, by no, yourself other I than I yourself. Can focus on him. Yeah. All right, verse seventeen, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall you shall in any way wise rebuke your neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. And this is the idea. You shall you shall not hate in Your heart. Now, there may be that moment of hate when somebody's hurting you and you're responding, but this is that bitterness that dwells in your heart and gets stronger and stronger and and worse. And the, the hardest thing that you can ever have is to really dwell on how much you dislike somebody or how they've hurt you.
1: But see, what helps me now, I don't ever use that word hate because I don't like the word hate, so I don't really hate anybody. I don't. I don't I dislike what they do that's what I think but I said no I don't hate them. It's like I love some people but then I just don't like what they do and but
0: even then you don't want to be dwelling on what I mean, not liking what they do either because what yeah. ends up happening the more you dwell on something like that Nor eats at you. Huh? Nor eats at
2: you.
0: the more it eats at you and the more that you start inadvertently usually twisting it into something else and then when, when you're already angry at somebody, it's much, very easy to misinterpret something that they do as being on purpose to, to just get on on your case. And it's very critical. And this is why Jesus says that we're to love our neighbor and try to work things out and try to, try to dwell on the good about what, what we can. And the old adage of you, you know, there's something good about everybody if you just take a moment to think about it find something good to dwell on and it usually will change your whole attitude about that person if all you want to do is think of man every time that person's around all i can think about is how they are mean to me or or they're saying this and then as soon as they open their mouth you're you're going to expect it it's just that i don't like that word
1: hate and so i never use the word hate because it's Hate hate is a
0: very strong word, and very few of us actually hate. Well, there's
1: one person, yes, yes, I do do hate, 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 I can say a million times, I hate (laughs) Satan. I hate, that's one word, I do hate, yes.
0: Yeah, but we're to treat all people with good. And then this, this second part here is, you shall in any wise rebuke your neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. This is a little different than what we might think of. This is that we're not going to hear sin about them. This goes into not listening to evil reports. And this is something we've got to train ourselves to do. And you've it probably everybody in this room has had me stop them at some point saying, we're not going to go there or we shouldn't go there. <laughs> you know, we need to be changing the way we think because I am very strong on this. I don't want to hear negative reports about people i just don't want to because if usually if somebody wants to take me a negative and they really feel they have to i'm going to invite them to say okay let's go let's go talk with this person and then you can tell me anything you want as long as they're standing in front of you and at that point i've never had anybody take me up on the offer for some reason never uh, I had this person over at College Park. They go, I need to tell you about this, but you can't tell so-and-so. I go, well, in that case, I don't want to hear it. They go, but you need to hear it. You're, you're, the, you're the head deacon. I'm going, if you're telling me that I can't talk to them or they, they, we can't say it in front of them, I, I'm not going to listen. I get, I get out of the rumor circles very fast. When I first came here, I had a couple people the one that wanted to say, we have to know everything about these people in order to minister to them. I go, no, I don't need to know anything about anybody because God will tell me what I need to know and, and, there, and my life experience with them will tell me what I need to know. I don't need to know everybody's past because we are new creations in Christ. And we need to get to this point where we can forgive people, forget the past, and go forward. I can't tell you how many times somebody has gotten saved, they've changed, they're, they're starting to make change, and people will come up, well, just wait, they're going to return back to normal. I go, God's got hold of their life. I'm going to trust that God's going to keep their life. Do they sometimes return back to what they think? Yes, but I'm still going to look hopefully on it that they're going to grow and continue to grow because I want to look at the good that God is doing, not on the negative that the flesh and Satan is accomplishing in their life. Because if all the time we always look and say that person's just going to return back to normal and that's our attitude all the time, we're never going to see growth. And when we do see the growth, we're always going to minimize it and say, well, just wait, just wait a while. None of us are perfect. We're always going to fall. And the key is we want to go encourage people, come on back, get back, keep moving forward. Well,
1: that's one thing I'm going to, I've always, people say, I said, well, people do change. Yes. I said, I said, you read in the Bible where it's like David and every, a lot of people have changed. Yeah. I'm not quick enough to tell them what verse and stuff I just tell yeah. them. <laughs> I have to learn that part still. <laughs> but that,
0: it's in the Bible, you know. Yeah, lots of people change, and, and I can point to all kinds of people, including myself, that have made lots of changes, and many people in our church that are making changes. Are they perfect? No, none of us are perfect. Yeah. But, if, but even, the, even the ones sitting in this room right now, you guys have all made some great big changes in two and a half years since, since I've been here. Uh, there is great changes and great, great movement toward God. Is there still room for improvement? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've been walking with him for 43 years and there's still lots of room for improvement. Lots of room for improvement. Especially if people get to know me, they'll know there's lots of room for improvement. But we need to say we're moving forward. We're moving in God. Now, verse 18, and this will be our last verse tonight. You shall not avenge nor bear grudge against the children of your people... But, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. You shall not avenge or bear a grudge. How hard is this for us to do as, as people? Yeah. When, when we are mistreated, or somebody we know is mistreated, the first thing we wanna do
2: get
0: is get revenge. Or even, or even as David did in the Psalms so often, pray that they get theirs. <laughs> you know, that they get what they deserve. And God is saying don't bear that grudge because if you're bearing a grudge against somebody you will never love them you will never love that individual if you're bearing a grudge against them because you're going to want bad things to happen to them and you know what even if you're trying even if you're trying to pretend to love them when you're bearing a grudge they'll see right through it and it's very critical this goes into God saying, I will defend I will vengeance is mine. I will repay, God says. We just need to learn to just let God take care of it. Now, that doesn't mean we go out and we let somebody continually pick on us and continually mistreat us. If they're, if they're having that habit, then we need to do what it takes to not be around them or not give them that opportunity. That, you know, so we want to be careful. When we say we're not, we're not out there to get revenge and get, you know, get a grudge, that doesn't mean we go on and be a floor mat. If a woman is being beat up by her husband every night, then I'm going to tell the woman, even though I'm not going to advocate divorce, get out of that house and let's get this guy into some kind of counseling or something or stay away from them until they've gone to some counseling and have changed their life. If you've got a neighbor, you know, you got somebody in your life who's always harming you, you don't just spend, go that direction all the time. You stay away from them. It, you're not gonna be angry at him, you're not gonna go tell everybody, you know, what's going on, but you're going to stay away from and let God be the defensive God will be the defender. He will be the defender every time when you let him. He will defend, he will he will so protect. There's
1: so many times when I would wanna do something to to them or something then I would think, no. if I did, God knows what I'm doing. And then I'm thinking, like I said before, what would Jesus do? He would be
2: thinking of what I'm going
1: to do. And so that really, so it's a simple thing. And sure, I mean, that just helped me out. That helped, I have to have silly ways to really learn more. And that really helped me out.
0: And that, and the thinking of what would Jesus do while you're learning to think like him is a good way to start.
1: That's how I...
0: The the ideal place is to be walking with him so much yeah. that he just automatically you do automatically what he would do. But, and, but it takes right. time to learn that.
1: And then Satan's always being like and then I would stop and now I recognize it more before I said, like, why didn't I think of that before? Now I think of it and I stop.
0: Yeah. And it's just important, it's it's hard to do and you know, none of us will ever always do anything. one okay. <laughs> we'll never always do wrong and we'll never always do right. We're more likely to do wrong if we're not walking in the spirit. The more we walk in the spirit, the more likely we are to do right. And so you can look at your life and say, what kind of decisions am I making? If you look at your life and you say, I'm making a lot of bad decisions, you're going to have to say, okay, God, I need to spend more time with you. I need you to. Now, if you look at your life and you're making a lot of right decisions, you go, thank you, God, let me get better. (laughs) Let me have more of you. Let me have more of a relationship with you. Because that's just an indication of how strong our walk is with him. uh, The more we walk with him, the more we hear his voice. Let's close in prayer. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to look at your word. Lord, we ask that you become more and more in us so that we will make better decisions that follow you. Help us to hear your voice more as we walk with you. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.